Hello again, Life Global. Privilege and honor to stand here and share God's word with you, that you may hear the voice of God. And uh, it's a privilege and an honor to serve you as well as Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey. So Savi and I are truly, truly blessed to be a part of you. So where shall we begin? Let's go down. I was thinking of going down Azusa Street. You remember 1906? William Seymour? And he's got the power. So when I say, I've got the power, you say, we've got the power. Ready? And then we'll have a time of a little bit of organ music with our own mouth. So let's go down Azusa Street. I've got the power. I've got the power. You've got the power. Yeah, great, awesome. Thank you. I hope, I hope you are all saying you've got the power in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you are seated, as. Uh, life group or internationally, wherever, at whatever time, uh, I bless you with that word of power. So Ephesians chapter 1 again, and uh, Paul is saying in verse 15, for this reason, and last week we saw uh, why he says this reason. It's because of the preceding verses and the preceding verses. And the preceding verses were talking about the power or the blessings of God already sealed in us by the Holy Spirit who has become the guarantee for us before God. So today I would like to continue and what we're going to look at is how do we align ourselves that is the power within us Aligning ourselves with the power that is outside of us. We got to learn that because it's both. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. John 7, 37, 38. But he also said this. Acts 1, 8. You shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so when we were born again, he came in. But he's still there, out there. And it's only when we align ourselves. How, how do we operate in the power? How do we uh, move and do the things that he did on this earth? Now you remember in Matthew chapter 5, if you read verse 13 and 14, he says, You are the salt of the earth. And then in 14, he says, You're the light of the world. Now, as you look at this, you'll be amazed uh, what he was actually saying. Now, a lot of people would talk about salt as enhancing the flavor, which is true. But I'd like to place before you something about this ingredient, this awesome teaching of Jesus. Salt. Now, he says if the salt has lost its flavor, what good is it? 
And I want to say to you that A, salt can never lose its flavor because the more you dissolve it, the more it becomes uh, stronger. So what was he saying? He was talking about the effect and the influence that salt could have or not have. Now, let me give you an example. Salt is meant to be sprinkled, right? It's meant to be sprinkled. And that is what he's asking us to do, to allow ourselves to be sprinkled. What do you think has happened today? The church has been salt. There's no doubt about that. But who takes salt? You don't take a salt, uh, what do you call those things, container, and then pour it fully onto one side of your plate. If you do that, it loses its effect. But the salt has to be sprinkled in order for it to be influential and for in order for it to be having an impact. The church has been like a lump of salt on the side of the plate. And we like that. We and and we like that because we like to be huddled together. We like to be together. We like to meet together. We are, and, and that's all great. And I, I, as I said last time, I love these gatherings. I love the thousands. I love the hundreds. I love the fifties. I love anything above ten. Okay? But something has happened. Because the church has huddled and cuddled each other and have found each other to embrace and has been there the COVID has come not sent by God or not originated from God but God's using it how is he using it just like he used the persecution of the first century church they were huddled together they were in Jerusalem they were not but Jesus said this you shall be my witnesses beginning in Jerusalem, but you're not going to be there. Then into Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. But what happened? They loved the gatherings. They loved to be together. In spite of the fact that there were difficult times, they loved to be together. 3,000 people. And then after that, 5,000 people. Wow! They loved to be together. But something happened. Persecution came. And they got scattered. And if you read from Acts chapter 8, you would see that after they got scattered, people like Philip and all went to Samaria. So it began to, it began to happen. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And then, you know, after that, in chapter 13, the church breaks out. They, it is there in Antioch where they were first called Christians. Why? Because the church began to scatter like the salt. They began to get sprinkled here, there and everywhere. And that's what has happened to us. We are being sprinkled and we must not be afraid of it. Not try to say, no, no, we got to get back to our meetings. No, let's move with the spirit of what he's doing so that we are sprinkled like salt and we be effective. But he also said we are the light. And that means when he was talking about the light, he was talking about the city. Because immediately after that, he says, you're like a city on a hill. And that light in the city attracts people. 
So you are the attraction. You're the one who looks beautiful. The joy of the whole earth. And what it does it attracts people into the security and the safety and the peace that is in a city. And again, you begin with yourself, then you move out in transformation. He was talking nothing he was talking about transformation that you are the transformers the light the sword you are transformers now this transforming power needs to be generated needs to be released and we learned last week also from Luke chapter 9 how when they were there amongst the crowds they found it difficult to obey a command jesus didn't change the command he continued to see that the circumstances change and in spite of the fact that the disciples were powerless to do what he asked them to do he in his graciousness this is awesome he allowed them to perform the miracle and it was in their hands that the miracle took place the multiplication took place but now we see something different in acts 4 and verse 13 when they have been brought before the sanhedrin these people were amazed and they said these are uneducated men but they saw the boldness of these disciples and what did they say they said they knew they had been with jesus something happened the power that was within them has now been connecting with them from above because they received power from on high and they went out and the very first miracle peter would say in acts chapter 3 look at us why look at us because we are the light of the world we are the salt of the earth So look at us and draw from us and this is the work of the church that the world may draw from us not we draw from the world but they draw from us they receive from us because we are so different Jesus said this in uh Luke 24:49 he said you will be clothed from above The word clothed means to be attired to have an attire that is different today i have an attire right i purposely worn this shirt because it makes me look different and i wanted to hear and it did work god is good people saying wow what a wonderful shirt wow it's awesome it's this it's that and and this is you know who the late president nelson mandela's style so to all you south africans You will know this when you see this. Can I step out a little more and you will see? But you will see this. What is what am I trying to convey? That when we wear the Holy Spirit, when we clothe ourselves in another place in Romans 14:13, it says, "Clothe yourself with Christ." Now, this is different. Everything is different. Okay? And people would see a difference. that is what it is let your light so shine that men will see your 
good works they have to see the manifestation and the power of the holy spirit it's not just within us now here's something else that you need to know you know people are talking about the coming of the lord jesus christ the end times and that is not my mandate to speak about the end times because to me that's all in the future what is now important is the gospel the good news and paul says that i'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of god and wherever you have the word power it's to do with the manifestation of the spirit of god if you look at uh, romans 15 from verse 13 onwards he speaks about the gospel and then immediately he talks about the power he speaks of the hope and then he says the power of the gospel and he goes out from there when you go down to verse 23 he's talking of how because of the power working within him he was able to lay not on another man's foundation but he was able to go to various places and share the gospel which is good news and this is what you and i have we need to know this so how does this power again now last week i shared two ways in which this power can operate today i'm going to give you a little more some practical ways in which this power can operate because jesus said something very important he said from you will flow rivers not river rivers of living water rivers of living water not even streams rivers and so within us rivers of living water after we drank of the well of life after we drank from the well of salvation we received it the spirit of god came into us now we have rivers of living water now he says it shall flow out of you like in ezekiel water flowing out of the temple you and i are the temple of the living god as he saw so we in this world as he walked on earth now watch this there was never a time where jesus prayed when he was confronted with an issue the only time he prayed was when he was there at the tomb and even there he said i pray not for my sake but for their sake because he was always aligned to the power that was out of him his father i only do what i see my father do so how did he do how, how did it work he was one with the father and when people said when when thomas said show us the father he said have i been with you so long and yet you do not you have not i and my father are one he was so one with the father that when you saw him you saw the father and i want you to know today that this is the mandate of the church when they see us when the world sees us when people see us they must see Christ i am crucified with Christ nevertheless i live yet not i but Christ in me the life that i now live not my life but his so when they see me they must see Christ they must see his love that is shed abroad in my heart by the holy spirit 
And how does that happen? Well, let's get back. Jesus said that his word, John 6, 63, is spirit and is life. His word, his spirit and his life. Back to the beginning. Genesis. I want you to see the correlation in this. Okay? So here is a chaotic situation. You can interpret it whatever way you want. But it's chaos. It's void. It's dark. But then into this darkness, into this void, the Spirit of God moved. But the Spirit of God just didn't move and perform a miracle on, on His own. It says that as He began to move, there was a voice that came, Be light! And there was light. In other words, from the spirit realm came a word. Because the spirit and the word are one. We need to know that. And so the word and the spirit being one, just as the father and the son are one, just as we and Jesus Christ, Yeshua, are one. Please remember this. Don't be afraid to say, he and I are one. I am the Christ. You know, people are afraid. When Jesus began to speak like this, they said, for good works, we don't stone you. It's because you are calling yourself equal with the Father, equal with God. And so we are in good company when we take the word Christ and use it. Now, we don't go around saying, I'm Christ, I'm Christ, I'm Christ. Otherwise, you get these prophets of doom who come and say, see, you remember John, uh, Matthew 7 and how they say that he will go around saying he is Christ. I am the Messiah. No, that's not what I'm saying. When I say I'm Christ, I am the anointed of God. Because the word Christ means nothing but the anointed. And if you read in the epistles, you would always see them speaking of you already having the anointing. John, 1 John chapter 2 verse 27. The anointing is in you. The anointing, the Spirit of God, they're synonymous within you. Now this anointing is connected to that which is outside of you because His word or His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in the same way, the word of God, it is the word of God, beloved, that, we, that will connect us to the divine power that is outside of us. Remember what he said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? He said, this word will be in your mouth and it will not depart from you, but you will meditate upon it day and night. So when I speak the word, rivers of living water are coming out of me in the word. Are you with me? Do you understand that? The word, the word. It richly dwells in my heart, but it's not just for me. The word transforms me in order that I may transform the environment around me. It's the word, beloved. You cannot separate the spirit from the word. They're one and the same. And so the word says, you've got the power. I've got the power. The word says, in my name, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. I simply do that. 
the prerogative of people being healed is his obedience is mine i've got to work in this alignment because i have not received the spirit of the world 1 corinthians chapter 2 i have received the spirit of god and that spirit now is operating in me and now when i speak his word his word not anything else you see i want you to try and understand this i don't have something that i can use oh yeah i can i can i have i have okay here we are you see this right ah let me show you this one that's me and my wife okay now this is outside the word but when i put this inside the word and i close it you see nothing but the word and where this word goes i go it's not me going and saying come on no where he is i am that's what he said are you with me did you understand that so now i am in the word the word is in me it's both we need to understand that it's not just one truth that i am in the word no you know what heresy is heresy is not what people talk about heresy is taking one particular truth and running with it that's heresy but when we take the entire word of god and act on it that's not heresy that is faith that is absolute willingness to abandon yourself and trust in god with all your heart so here we go you remember what jesus said in john chapter 15 if my word abides in you and you abide in me it's both on one side the word is in me but on the other side i am in the word they both need to work together they both need to be understood as true so i was baptized in romans chapter 6 it says that i was baptized into christ so now i am in christ the word i'm in the anointing but on the other hand the anointing is upon me the word is in me but the word is around me because the word is god you cannot change that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so when i say that i speak the word now unfortunately what happens is i hope you forgive me we come for meetings we get filled with the spirit and we go shekala balavur valiko dharma baba zundar bakhasetha and the word of god and the stirring of the spirit life and we go out and then out of our mouths come the four letters and all of that so friday we receive something saturday we give out something else it can't be like that ephesians chapter 4 says let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth now the the, the corrupt communication is not just the four letters 
So one day we are saying, I am a son of God. The next day we are telling somebody else, you are a son of a... I can say it like this because I have the permission to do it. I am a son of God. You're a daughter of a... Now I've got three daughters, so they I can always say, I was going to say that they are a daughter of a preacher man. But then I would be, you know what, white lying to you. But that's just to help you understand what I mean. It can't be. Because a good tree, out of the goodness, Jesus said, out of the goodness will produce good fruit. It cannot, it cannot, it just cannot. So you say, but pastor, there are so many people who... They are on Friday tremendously empowered. They even heal people. Then on Saturday, Sunday and the rest of the week, they're destroying people. How does that happen? Well, there's a thing called the flesh, the carnality. And you and I are constantly in touch and we are against it. We have to be against it. So, the word within us, if the word, and I'm saying this with the full authority of the word, the full authority of God, if the word is in us, then nothing else but the word comes out of us. I'll give you an example. Take a sponge. You soak it in ink. When you squeeze it, nothing but ink comes. You can't expect it to produce clean water. Nothing but what it was soaked in comes out. So when I'm soaked and saturated in the word of God and I'm growing in the maturity of the word of God, when I'm facing circumstances and I tell you these last few weeks we've been facing some circumstances. When you're squeezed nothing but what is in you will come out. There is no other way. That's the law. What goes in must come out. You reap what you sow. So what do we sow? We sow the word of God. And when the word of God is in us, then when we speak, nothing but the power of God should come out of us. Nothing that the purity of God should come out of us. Nothing but the resurrection power of God comes out of us. So the word of God is one way. Where we begin to speak. You see, when they were empowered by the Spirit, even in the Old Testament or the New Testament, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, they were moved by the Spirit. And as they spoke, it was written down. So, number one for today is the Word of God. Read the Word, study the Word, meditate, memorize, let the Word of God dwell in your heart richly and when I abide in Christ and his word abides in me then the two are connected there is a power connection there's a divine connection that takes place and whoop out comes the power of God the second one and this is not in order is the renewing of our minds how does the power get demonstrated by the renewing of our 
thinking if the mind was not in important to god his word wouldn't say to renew the mind then the mind would have been of no importance but the mind is important it's the gateway it's that which prevents or that which releases the power of god so he says romans chapter 12 what does he say he says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice and then he goes on to verse 2 and he talks about the mind of that person our minds to be renewed for what did you notice what it says at the end of that verse that we may prove the will of god we may prove the will of god a lot of the, and and listen to what it says we may prove the good acceptable and perfect will of god a lot of people are struggling even there some say well this may be the good will of god that may be the approved will of god and that is the perfect will of god hey beloved the will of god is the will of god there's no such thing as an approved will of god a perfect will of god and the good will of god the will of god is the will of god i came to do the will of god and what is the will of god on earth as it is in heaven and when i read all of this for me to function in that will i need a renewed mind why it means i need to think like god thinks i need to think like god thinks because his thoughts are not my thoughts his ways are not my ways and when i align myself with his thinking then everything i think in material what i think is his thinking because i think what he thinks why because i'm surrendering myself it's a wonderful wonderful act of worship it's what it says there present your bodies as a living sacrifice which is your reasonable act of service the word service is worship and it's reasonable it's an intelligent understanding it's not just shake hala bala wo yo 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 that's not worship beloved that is some kind of emotional uh, working which possibly would be good for that person who needs an emotional outbreak but or an outburst but it's your reasonable service it's a rational service is an intelligent service and why because the mind is being renewed day by day and how is this mind being renewed well one way is to receive the word of god but here's an important aspect of the renewal that means to be transformed to be transformed how a lot of people have spoken on repentance and they always connect repentance with that salvation call and i i don't decry that where you come down the altar and you repent well repentance is not an intelligent acceptance of turning away the bible teaches us the word of god teaches us that godly repentance godly sorrow sorry godly sorrow leads us 
to repent. There has to be a working of God in our lives. Because beloved, we were dead. And I know no dead man who can think straight. Do you? Do you know of a dead man who can think? No. God had to come and wake us up. That is why Paul is talking about the resurrection power. He raised us up. He woke us up. And he placed in us the mind of Christ. So that repentance comes through a sorrow that is an understanding of your uselessness, of my hopelessness, of my lost condition. And when I know that, there is something that is stirring inside me, which is the Holy Spirit that leads me to Christ. What is it? His goodness. Because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Godly sorrow, that is the working of God in our lives and His goodness constantly working for us. So we begin with repentance and that's how the renewal of our thinking begins. The transformation. You remember in Matthew 17 when Jesus is with His disciples and they get transfigured. It says there, I think it was in Luke's uh, rendering of the story where says that his clothes shone as if it had been laundered. Now that is not like sending it to dry cleaners. The word means that he became other. His clothes became other. It was lightning. It was lightning. And beloved, you and I are lightning people. The, the, glow, the glory and this glory that you and I are forever being transferred from glory to glory is greater than the glory that even Moses had. Oh, we have to accept this. We have to believe it. We cannot just sit back and say, yeah, I believe, I believe. No, I've got to come to a place of knowing that he that is in me is greater than he that is of the world. And I've got to know that the one within me and the one above me or outside of me are one and the same. Because he who comes to the Lord, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, he who turns to the Lord, the Spirit and that person is one. So when I walk out from here, when I walk on the road, when I am in my place of work, who is there? The Spirit of God. Not I, but Christ. And therefore I can say, Christ. I don't go around saying, hey, I'm Christ, I'm with you. No, that's not what it means. It means me knowing that I am Christ. I am the anointed. And as I walk in my anointing, as I lay my hands on the sick, they will recover. And that's why oftentimes I pray with one hand on my uh, belly, the other hand up. In other words, I am receiving from above into my life the power from on high so that out of my belly will flow rivers of living water. And then I lay hands on the sick. I may speak in tongues. I may speak the word. It doesn't matter because it's not I but Him that is working, the Spirit of God.
So, renewal of the mind, how does that happen? Through constantly recognizing that I need to connect with God, that I'm outside and we can go outside of God. Whenever we think in the flesh, we're moving outside of the spirit. And the spirit and the flesh are working against each other. They're constantly. And so I need to learn to yield myself. I need to learn that, hey, that path is wrong. So I won't go down that way. This path where I'm led by the spirit, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And as I walk like this, as I walk with a willingness to change at all times, then beloved, my mind gets renewed by the word of God. Because when I read the word of God and I see trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When I read that and I realize that, uh-oh, I am not trusting in him with all my heart. I need to change. I need to be stirred up by the Spirit to come into a position of saying, yes, this word is true. I receive it. I walk in it. When that happens, the mind gets trans transformed. It gets transfigured. That means lightning, life comes out of us. Number three I like to share with you is prayer. Oh yes, prayer. But the prayer that I like to talk to you about today, teach you, is not the prayer where you say, Oh Lord, please help me. That's not the kind of prayer. And if you want to pray like that, you're welcome, that's up to you. But when I read about prayer and I read Matthew chapter 6, he says, Our Father. He teaches me and then in that very same chapter, he says, even before you can ask, your father in heaven knows what are you going to ask. And when I read verse 33, it's all about seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, many people pray only when they're worried. Many people pray only when they're anxious. Many people pray only when they're going through certain issues. Now, nothing wrong with that. It's one of the ways in which we can get reconnected with the divine power. But let me share this with you. Prayer is all about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And I become a vessel of God's grace connecting heaven and earth. That's prayer. And what does that mean? That when I go before God, I don't take about five or six of my problems to Him. When I go before Him, I go with a heart. Are you ready? That would seek His kingdom and His righteousness. Now notice what it says. All these things, what things? The things that you're concerned about. It's in the context of anxiety. It's in the context of material possessions. It's in the context of your needs. All these things, doesn't say will be given to you, will be added to you. In other words, when you start walking and knowing the mind of Christ, then what you came with 
will get answered. And all you do is you're there with the word or in the spirit, talking to God, finding out what his will is so that you may continue to walk in it. Did you know that? That's prayer. And when you do that, believe me, these things will be added unto you. That's his promise. When I worry, I am living a life that is in conflict with his thinking. When I am anxious, I am warring against the mind of Christ. So what do I do? I come before him. I worship him. I praise him. And now I'm beginning to recognize that he is in me. Now, if he wants, he will say, tell me what your problem is. It's all up to him. But he may, while I go to him, he may say to me, there is a certain person out there. Go. But before you go, here's power. Go and work. When I do this, I'm praying. Prayer is a constant lifestyle of communication and alignment with the mind of Christ. Prayer may not be words. Prayer may be just silently meditating upon the goodness of God. Silently meditating on Him. Be still and knowing that He is God. And when I do that, He will speak to me. He will communicate with me. I assure you of this. I assure you of this. You don't have to be on your knees for this. You can be walking on the road and you're communicating with Him. You can be drinking, because everything, beloved, everything, all things made by Him, through Him, for Him. Why? So that all things are for you and for me. So whatever is around me is for me. Whatever is outside of me in terms of His goodness, there again, every good and perfect gift. Like the good and acceptable, perfect will, every good and perfect gift. Let me say something to you very, very strongly. You and I were never designed. You and I were never designed for unanswered prayers. Is there a place in the, in the Word of God that teaches us about how to face unanswered prayers? No. Is there a place where Jesus walks saying, Father, this has not yet been done? No. The Bible doesn't teach us about how to face and walk through unanswered prayers. You know, they say, that when God closes one door, He opens a window. I don't know from where that came. The door that He opens, no one can shut. If He shuts a door, no one can open. Now why should He shut a door? Why should He shut a door which He opened? It sounds crazy, right? And in the context of that in Revelations 
chapter 3 it's not about prayer it's about the authority of god you need to understand that so jesus never taught us how to walk with unanswered prayers or how to walk he said father i thank you that you always hear me now if he said that then i need to walk in that mind of christ that he always hears me so when i go into his presence he's already hearing me and how do i know he hears me when i use his name now last week we spoke about the name that name speaks of his character and of his nature and when i utter the i am then beloved that nature and character is at work in my life and when that nature and character is at work in my life he always answers me i have to tune myself to hear what he's saying not tune my ears to hear what i am saying or feeling or thinking but to hear him say what he wants me to know that's prayer beloved so i want you to know that the transformation in our lives is through the power of the holy spirit and he has empowered us with this power not that we can have a a wonderful awesome kind of worship with goosebumps flowing and all of the shake rattle and roll that's fantastic but he has empowered that you and i could go and feed he said you give them to eat you give them to eat that we go out and we do the works of god and he has made all grace abound in us that we have all sufficiency in all things to abound unto every good work 2 corinthians 9:8 that he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness that he is making all things with us through us work together how much more every day when i go out to feed the birds i'm reminded how much more valuable are you constantly the much more the el shaddai my children know that i'm el shaddai why because i belong to el shaddai what does el shaddai mean that my parenthood or my fatherhood over their life is more than enough i they don't need another father apart from their heavenly father i'm el shaddai i'm more than enough for them and in that more than enough they are secure i go to god god's not going to say hey don't come to me i'm a bit i'm looking after pastor john okay so give me some time hey uh that's not my god he's omniscient he's omnipresent are you with me are you understanding this so because he's omni this and omni that i go to god pastor john goes to god you go to god he is there and he says come to me and i will give you rest it doesn't matter so when i know this i'm walking in his power i'm walking in his grace and when i begin to know this i'm being transformed 
in order that I may transform others. Now, don't go around and say, I'm transforming you. That's not what I'm trying to say. He said, as you go, you remember the command in Matthew chapter 10 and uh, Matthew chapter 28. He said, as you go on your way, not spending time fasting and praying and seeking his will. Should I go here? Should I go there? No. As you're walking in life, as you go, say the kingdom of God is at hand. Now for us to say that, we got to believe that the kingdom of God, which is the authority of God, which is the power of God, is in me and around me and about me. So beloved, this is it. You've got the power. You've got the name. You've got his nature. You've got his character. My DNA is not from my earthly parents. Because uh, I received what I received according to John chapter 1 verse 13. As many as received him to them, he gave the power to become, the authority to become sons of God. Not born of man, not of the will of man, not of the flesh. So my DNA, my divine nature is ours. That's what DNA means. My divine nature is ours. And I'm a partaker with him. And wherever I go, he is in me. I cannot say, Father, you wait there. I give this guy one shot and come. Then I'll... Oh, Father, you wait there. I'll have a quick smoke and come. These things don't work, beloved, in, in the one who has the DNA. Wherever you go, even if you want to have a smoke, he's there. So don't try to keep him away. It's absolutely stupid. It's absolutely crazy to think that I can keep him there. You know, don't come, okay? Uh... And when the Spirit came, He didn't say, I'm coming with the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not coming with the gifts. He came lock, stock and barrel. And you got everything in you. You've got all things pertaining to life and godliness. You've got the whole works, beloved. I've got the whole works. I've got the power in me. And I can dance. I can move. You know these people who say, I'm shy? No. I am a new creation. The old is gone. Things have become new. And all that he is, I am. So let's go out with confidence. Lay hands on the sick. Speak life. Speak words that communicate grace. Speak peace. When people come and start slandering you, say, peace, brother. When they come and say, you this and that, I am a child of God. You can say whatever you want. You can speak in, and, and I'll tell you something, speak in tongues when they come in, and they'll, I'm, I'm assuring you, I have done it. When you speak in tongues, and you go, he comes and you say, you son of a preacher man, 
because a soft word now when i say speak in tongues i'm not going to i'm not asking you to say shandabala varu iskopadi bodigo and speak down to him gently so that he may even hear it because a soft word turns away wrath it's very simple all we have to do is to walk in the word See what happens. I would love to hear some testimonies from you about the working of the power of God and how you can, how you have aligned yourself with the mind of Christ, how you have aligned yourself with the power within, with the power without, and how you have seen His awesome works. So right now I'm going to pray for you. Right now I'm believing for you to receive. power from on high right now i'm releasing to you the power of god right now i am saying allow the power in you just do this right now say i have the power in me i have the spirit of god in me i'm connecting with the spirit of god that is god himself in the realm of the spirit so you are here on earth but you're connecting with the spirit of god in the spirit realm And as you do that as you're reaching out I want you to just realize that the power is coming upon you there is power coming into you you may feel something happening in your body you may not feel but believe right now if you're sick the same name that heals a cold heals a cancer the same name that multiplies loaves of bread and multiplies fish multiplies your finances the i am you're not in the place of a spirit of poverty you're in the place of the spirit of prosperity you're not in the spirit of fear you're in the spirit of love power and a sound mind and i release that now to you in jesus name that you be healed you be financially secure that you be totally preserved and provided for and that you will walk through this season and i'm saying to you now that by the end of this year you will be walking in a place that is broader than you began this year because our god is a god who puts you in broad places now there may be some people who say oh no we walk the narrow way let them walk the narrow way you decide to walk the broad way the broad way is christ and Christ is not narrow the broad way is his life so i release that into you his life for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free amen free from the law of sin and death they love you thank you for hearing thank you for listening and go out and enjoy his life spread his life 
and be a transformer.